Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You are locked on bucks. Your daily Milwaukee Bucks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Bucks, brought to you by SeatGeek. And if you head over to SeatGeek, you can use our promo code L-O-B-U-C-K-S. That's L-O Bucks for Locked On Bucks. And you can get a $20 rebate on your first SeatGeek purchase. So go head over to SeatGeek and do that today. Um, and get some Bucks tickets because they, they'll be home one more time before Christmas. And it looks like people are excited to be at that game because tickets are a little bit more sparse than um, than usual, or at least as they have been this season. So it must be a bunch of people like Frank Madden coming home for the holidays. Frank, how are you? I'm fine. Uh, I enjoyed like two and a half quarters of that game. It was pretty fun. And uh, I... I I'm 0-2 on the season. I went to the Cavs game on Tuesday, and I went to the opener against the Hornets. So I really need a win on Friday because if they lose that game, drop me to 0-3 on the season, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to feel very, very much part of the problem. Yeah, I would definitely call you part of the problem if that would occur. <laughs> um, so so let's hope that that happens on Friday and that the Bucks can shake off the loss that they had tonight. Uh, 113-102 is the final in Cleveland. Um, you said two and a half quarters. Ugh, I don't even know if I enjoyed that much. I was going to say I might have enjoyed the second quarter and maybe part of the fourth quarter, and even that probably not. Um Bucks lose the first quarter 31-22, win the second 32-28, and then lose the third quarter 33-23. And then the fourth quarter is mostly garbage time. That The Bucks end up winning at 25-21, but um, I think the Bucks had taken out their starters and put in the, let's see, the lineup of Maker, Maker Terry, Brogdon, Vaughn, Plumlee. Um, Toledovich. Oh, yeah. Toledovich instead of who they're... Oh, instead of Terry. Um, Jabari was in at the f- beginning of the fourth, and then Kid kind of quickly threw in the towel. Um, I think they were down 19 pretty quickly. And then, I, interestingly, they got it back to 102.89 on... I think it was a... Was it was a, shot a Vaughn, Vaughn three? Yeah. yeah. And um, were you... If, if you're Jason Kidd, would you consider bringing Giannis back in the game there at this point? I mean... Uh, I don't know. I thought that was, I mean, you're not, I mean, to me, I kind of wonder, I think, I think if it isn't a back to back where he played 40, whatever minutes last night, maybe he does bring him back at that point. Um, I mean, if if you want to marginally increase the likelihood of winning, I think, well, you have to, because you're not going to win it with Thon Maker playing small forward or whatever the hell he was doing. But it was that bench uh, unit that got you there, Frank. And if we know one yeah. thing about Jason yeah, Kidd exactly. and his fourth quarter rotations, if the bench unit got you to that point, they get some more minutes. Um, so even 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 if I think it's not a back to back, I don't think I don't think Giannis is coming back there. Um, 
they probably try to stretch out the bench unit for a little bit more and then and then see. Giannis had already played 32 minutes as well, um, and he didn't play in the fourth quarter at all. So 32 minutes through three quarters. Um, that's the I would say that's probably close to the most we've seen him tally in three quarters in maybe the whole season because most of the time he's been topping out around 38 or so. Um, most of the time, even less than that. Um, so they, I, I think he had tried to shoot most of his bullets there in the first three quarters. And if the Bucks weren't going to be able to keep it as close as they needed to, well, then that, that was going to kind of be it. And they, they couldn't really keep it close. And a lot of it was LeBron James, four of seven from three. Um, that hurts. That hurts quite a bit. Uh, Kyrie Irving getting to the lane at will. Um, LeBron ends as a plus 25. Kyrie is a plus 20. Um, not not going to be a, a good night for the Bucs. Uh, on the other side, the Bucs, Giannis has 28 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 steals, and a block. Jabari has 27 points, 2 assists, and a rebound, and a block. Um, and that's about it for the Bucs. Brogdon. Brogdon was the only guy who really played well i think he would he had 11 5 7 assists and three steals something like that yep um 11 7 5 and 3 um he was the only other one that was that was kind of a, a bright spot there for the bucks but yeah i i know you were talking about it a little bit on twitter after the game but nights like the last two nights are the, the nights where you remember oh chris middleton is pretty damn good um and having a, a third playmaker um, is is very necessary against the best teams in the league. And when you don't have that third playmaker and you have guys like Delvadova and Snell who are, are better suited to complementary roles and maybe, sub, sub, I mean, just subservient roles where they're sitting on the side and letting other people make plays. Um, yeah, if those guys are asked to to kind of do something well it's it's probably going to be a long night and these two these last two games kind of were at times yeah i think uh you know the the work that Giannis and jabari did jabari in the first quarter again uh, another big first quarter 11 points uh and kind of a recurring theme i mean the starting lineup again gets off to a slow start Giannis goes to the bench and um you know jabari with uh, a couple maybe a couple of second unit guys then help to to bring the the game kind of back within reach a little bit i mean it wasn't a dramatic shift but kind of just stabilized the things i think again tonight um and then Giannis really went to work um but did he did he have did he have no points in the no he had some points in the first quarter i think this this night um but i think he he really went to work in the in the second and third quarters uh second quarter in particular and really kind of bucks got out on in transition for some turnovers um, we're able to push it on the break, uh, 20 to five in fast break points. And that really kind of papered over maybe some of the stagnation and lack of, um, you know, creation and, and shot making they had in the half court. Although they did go nine of 22 from three, which for the Bucks is you know, slightly above sort of where, where they normally are, right? They're, they're yeah. a little under nine threes average made per game. Um, they usually attempt a couple more than, than 22, so their effort from three was was not bad. Um, they were under their normal numbers in the paint, 44 tonight. I think they're only around 50. Um, and the Caps beat them in the paint. And obviously, 
um, you know, once again, burn them from the three point line, 15 out of 27 after going 17 of 40 last night. So, um, as you said, LeBron was hitting threes. He had an early, you know, another like 30 footer or whatever. Um, <laughs> it, well, Jabari kind of let him shoot another one a little bit. Like was it wasn't really up on him and it was kind of like, uh, you remember last night, right? Um, but, uh, LeBron had it going tonight from three and Irving, I mean, every time you thought they had Irving hemmed in and, you know, they threw a lot of, um, they, they really tried to bring Henson or whoever else was, was involved in the pick and rolls. They really tried to bring that second guy to try to wall him off and try to, you know, make life difficult for him. But yeah, that's even, not happening. Yeah. Even when you thought he was contained, he would, you know, throw some pass that, you know, normally you kind of, when guys go baseline, so you think like, oh, they're trying to go to the far corner. You know, he was throwing it to everybody. And a lot of times <laughs> it seemed like it was, you almost had him making a bad pass or, or going out of bounds. And said uh, he makes a pass that, you know, again, forces the Bucks defense to keep working. And um, you could kind of see as the game went on um, for a while. I mean, even as the Cavs were making some threes, I thought the Bucks defense, you know, was, was at least trying right and it seemed like it was just more of good offense and then the, th- the third quarter towards the end of that third quarter um sort of everything just sort of started to fall apart yeah i, I would agree uh, and i don't know which one is tom and which one is jerry but Kyrie was kind of the mouse that keeps getting away i don't know which one is which but yeah you just kept thinking like oh they kind of did a nice job they sent help and maybe he's stuck here and no, that's that's just not, it. Never seems to be the case with Kyrie Irving. He can somehow dribble out of it, somehow make something happen, and yeah, he would make a back backbreaking move, or LeBron would get to the rim, or LeBron would hit a three, and yeah, it, it just just hurt uh, all night tonight. But maybe it'll be better on Friday night, and if if that's the case you should be in the seats to watch it and you can get tickets for the game on friday night from our friends at SeatGeek. and again the cool thing with SeatGeek is you can go to the app you can go to uh their website seatgeek.com whatever it may be you can go check out the seats see exactly where you'll be sitting and the good news is there's still green uh, as I'm looking at the map right now, you can see the dots and green deals are good, red deals are bad. And normally this season in the Bradley Center, it's just been green, the, the entire arena. Like literally if I had a crayon, I could just color the whole thing green and that would be an accurate representation of the seats. But for Friday night's game, there's some red and yellow and orange there. So, But they're still green, so you can check out some of those green seats and uh, you can click on them and you'll see exactly where you'll be sitting and it's it's a great app so you can check it out that way and frank you're going to be in the building correct i am i'll be down in uh section 200 enjoying my uh my my parents season tickets free 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 riding off them for the second straight night but that's what you do when you're when you live 1200 miles away and you have the <laughs> fortune of having parents who are have had season tickets for 25 years so yeah i'll be uh I'll be at the game and uh, looking forward to it and hoping to to break my uh, my my losing streak. I guess. Yeah, that would that would be a very good thing. And as always with SeatGeek, uh, to go ahead and redeem some of the stuff that we can offer you if you are buying tickets, uh, go ahead to download the SeatGeek app. Go to the settings tab, 
go to enter a promo code enter our promo code which is l-o-b-u-c-k-s again that's l-o-bucks and you'll get a 20 dollars rebate off your first purchase um and that's that's a great thing uh so you can go ahead and do that at SeatGeek, or you can just check out SeatGeek for their awesome deals pretty much all the time um i guess other other interesting things here um i'm gonna try to i don't want to do this but let's go to garbage time um (laughs) i I thought you might say that let's go to garbage time uh we got to see well first off rashad vaughn got a look non-garbage time he was he i i guess he took jason terry's first quarter stint i don't know it was kind of a strange rotation. He, he came in at like the seven minute mark right like yeah really early. It, it was a strange the rotations were kind of strange tonight i think jason terry plays the whole second quarter vaughn got a look there for four minutes or so in the first quarter and i don't know things were i mean things were just off and obviously you're on a back-to-back and beasley's out and who knows what uh they wanted to try tonight so vaughn gets a look then he also gets a look late and Rashad Vaughn goes two for three from three. He also added another bucket, which was a two-handed dunk. He had in, in like half court. In half right? court, yes. Um, weird. He went baseline and tried to dunk on Tristan Thompson. That was uh, in the first quarter, right? No. That was early in the game. I thought he tried to do that because that was on the opposite basket. Yeah, that was in the first yeah, half. Yeah, you're right. Um, so in in those 16 minutes, you saw two for three from three. Two dunk attempts, one completed. Uh, you saw an assist. You saw, um, you just saw uh, an active Rashad Vaughn, a confident Rashad Vaughn, um, an attacking Rashad Vaughn. He looked different, <laughs> um, and I don't know if that's crazy. Am I crazy in thinking that? I know, obviously, you're playing garbage time against somebody. It might not mean a lot. But he did appear to be a little bit more confident, maybe seemed a little bit more comfortable. But maybe I'm just imagining that because I want to see the Bucks have someone on the end of their bench that might be something going forward, and especially someone that was picked as a first-rounder. So um, am I crazy, Frank? Well, I mean, the, the, end result were the, the end results were there, you know, hitting a couple threes and, and that dunk. Um, it, it's just weird. Every time I see him on the court, I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, there are times where he seems willing to shoot threes obviously like he shoots three he you know he shoots threes in terms of attempts at a at a pretty high rate right i mean it's not like he's that afraid to let him go i think we you know would like especially early last season we wanted to see him probably be even a little bit more willing to to let him fly yeah um but i don't know i don't know if i would call that confidence per se because it just sort of his game like the even the way he runs around screens when he gets the ball He's just always seemed very tentative, and and I don't know. They're just they they. I don't think the game is really. It's kind of weird to say this because because I think uh, um, I'm, I'm gonna, I want to say that it doesn't seem like the game has slowed down for him, mm-hmm. and yet at the same time, uh, sometimes the game slowing down means you can play faster. If that if that makes sense, yeah. Um, and you're not kind of your your brain isn't having to work all the time, right? And mm-hmm. I think um, I forget who it was. Someone was talking. Oh, oh, I think it was. Um, I think it was. Uh, someone was talking about. I think it was Amin El Hassan uh, was was on the Low Post podcast, and he was talking about um, uh, when he when he was in Phoenix. He was in the Phoenix organization when Mike D'Antoni was there, and 
um, was talking basically about how like when guys have to think, then you can't play fast if you're thinking basically. And, yeah. and you have to be able to just basically, you know, not, I don't want to say instinct, but you have to basically just know what you're doing at all times and, and not have to like process it in sort of a cerebral manner. Um, and Rashad's a guy, I just, I just don't think he's there yet. I don't know if he'll ever be there yet. He just, he doesn't really play with much strength. Um, which is ironic to say on a night when he had a two-handed dunk and he tried to dunk on Tristan Thompson and almost did. Yeah. Um, but those are sort of the exceptions to the rule and just everything. I don't know. I just like when I see him play, it just seems like he's trying to figure out what he what he should try to do. Can he do this? Um, and tonight, obviously, you know, I, I mean, I'm not going to uh, deride his performance tonight because you know, eight points on whatever four or five shots. Um, you know that you you want more of that. But I'm I'm still a long way from being convinced that you know he's a guy who's who's going to help you win NBA basketball games. Um, and the tough part is how do you figure that out, right? Because he's not like a high upside, you know, lottery pick that you know is going to be a pretty good NBA player. Yeah, he's a guy who could be out of the league in two years, right? So how do you kind of give him a chance without, um, you know, especially now with the Bucks being competitive without. Um, you know, hurting yourself, and and again, I know the 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 bar should be very low with Jason Terry being the guy he's competing with, but I think Jason Terry is not a guy who suffers from sort of that uh, hesitation and and kind of tentativeness, and um and Rashad's you know, and he's not a good ball handler, and so he he really I think it's also hard for him because he really needs to be out there with good players, I think. Um, and and uh, but but that's the tough thing for the Bucks because you know we see it with Tony Snell and Dalvadova if they if they're not you know if Giannis and Jabari can't create sort of wide open looks for those guys and create gravity to draw defenses and get those guys wide open looks they pretty much don't do anything offensively right unless Delhi can maybe get a little bit going as a passer or as a pick and roll guy but um, you know team like the Cavs know how to turn him into the guy who has to shoot <laughs> um, yeah. and uh, and obviously that's where he struggles and I think I think. If I, you know, step back a little bit, I mean, I don't, I don't want to say Delvadova has been, you know, I don't, I don't know if Delvado has, has really like really underperformed his contract, but I've still been a bit disappointed with him. Um, his shooting has not been as good as it has been in previous years. He's about thirty-five percent from three, maybe a little lower after tonight, rather than closer to forty percent. Um, he just seems like a guy who needs to have his feet set. He needs to be right at the three-point line. He's just his range is not twenty-five feet; it is twenty-three feet nine inches, um, and so he needs to be in very specific places to be able to hit threes. And I think, especially given Brogdon suffers from the same issue, like Brogdon can't shoot off the dribble, he can't shoot long threes. He has to be like right at the line. Yeah. And Brog- Brogdon's actually made some threes. Um, but those two guys are, are a little bit tougher because you don't have a guy who's a really kind of quick trigger finger type guy um, at the point who can just sort of spot up and and not need much room right now. But um, but yeah, we'll see. Um, I think he certainly Belvedova certainly did not impress against his old team, and you know Kyrie uh, Kyrie knows how to cook him, I guess. Yeah, I was gonna say it hasn't been. Uh, I mean, really, it hasn't been a great. A great month for Delhi. I'm. I was trying to grab the splits for him real quick, but uh, this month he's he struggled a little bit, and I think it's been even more pronounced just because of the way that Malcolm Brogdon has played, and that Malcolm has been so strong that it, it makes Delhi 
look maybe even possibly a little bit worse there. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's certainly, uh, I, I guess it, with Delhi, it's interesting because I think we all knew that he was a borderline starter, probably a bench guy. Well, more of a bench guy. And if you needed to start him in a pinch, you could do that. I think when he was signed, I think we were all kind of aware of that. And having Giannis be so good kind of allows him to, to be out there. And I don't know, it's just going to, it's, it's going to be interesting to watch both him and Brogdon. And if there's ever a, a dilemma between who the starter becomes and can Brogdon be as effective with the starters as he is with the bench units? And uh, do you want to break up him and uh, Monroe's chemistry? Cause that seems to be working pretty well. And it, the the point guard position for the Bucks is going to be something to watch the rest of this season, I think, just because I think Jason Kidd likes a lot of what Del Vadova brings to this roster. Obviously, you see them go to Del Vadova so often in the clutch. Uh, they trust him when the game is on the line, and obviously uh, a lot of people have questioned that because Del Vadova isn't the best creator, and if he isn't the best creator and can't create normally, why do you ask him to create in crunch time when defense is even harder? But it does very much seem like Delhi's a guy that kid trusts, and I don't know. It's just going to be it's going to be something to watch because I, I, I really don't know which way that goes, and I don't know if you want to ask Brogdon to do all that much more and maybe it's as simple as Brogdon continuing to come off the bench Daly continuing to start and it's shifting from 20 I don't even know what Brogdon's at 23 for Brogdon and 28 for Del Vadova and have that switch a little bit to 28 for Brogdon and 23 for Del Vadova. but I do think we're probably getting closer and closer to that being an actual question right yeah I mean, again, I think stylistically, I mean, you know, it's sort of half of one, six dozen of the other, because it's not like you're talking about one guy playing 35 and the other guy playing, you know, 13 minutes and then flip it. Um, you're, you're used to, you have a, you know, fairly close minute distribution as is, so you can sort of start to maybe tip that one way or the other a little bit. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the the bottom line, I think Brogdon, Giannis, Jabari as a trio are like minus one. I was just looking on NBA Wowie. Um, Della Vidova, Giannis, Jabari are like even in net rating terms. So, you know, in terms of what the data says, there isn't like some massive difference playing both, you know, the two, the, the three of those guys, the, the Giannis Jabari with, with Della, or Giannis Jabari with um, Brogdon. Um, I think... Um, as you said, I think the point about Brogdon's chemistry with Monroe is a very good one because Brogdon is very good cutting off the ball, and Monroe is, you know, the only Bucks big man who's going to be a good passer in those situations. So, um, so I think maybe that's you know something that you might want to just try to keep. And and I don't think Delhi could do that with Monroe. Like Delhi's not going to start getting close, like right. close finishes. Like that's not right. something that right. could transfer to Delhi. Right. If he back cuts it, he's literally, he's going to have to be having an uncontested layup in Correct. Order to make it. Correct. Um, so I agree. I think, I think for this season, you just sort of ride it out a little bit. I mean, unless there was just a massive difference between the two guys. And I think from a shooting perspective, like I said, um, I would love it if the bucks could have a point guard who, you know, could, could you know pull up and and hit a three and and make the defenses honor that shot in a way that 
Delhi doesn't really, you know, Delhi's teams have to, you know, teams play him for the three, but they don't, they're not living in fear that he's going to pull it rise up, um, you know, out of a pick and roll and, and, and really punish them if they go under or something like that. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, you can, you can do it at times, but, but he's not, he's not kind of like a big shot maker in, in the way that, that maybe some of the better, um, sort of combo guards are. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Um, and it, it kind of is puts the bucks in an interesting position because, um, you know, possibly, uh, you know, like we've talked about, um, and by the way, Brogdon and Delhi have been very like Brogdon Delhi lineups. I think they've only done played 38 minutes together and they've been abysmal. So they've I already, they, I didn't think they've already played 38 minutes together. I thought it was way yeah. less than that. Yeah. Th- I mean, that's not, that's not very much. Um, but I, I don't know. I'm not sure if that is an answer. Um, I think offensively Brogdon is, is better than Snell. So in terms of creation, and um ball handling obviously brogdon's better than snell and he's really not i mean he's not small right he's got a long wingspan so um as good as i think snell has been defensively it's possible that you wouldn't have a big drop off with brogdon but by the same token you know units get used to playing together uh, does trying to play brogdon with della vadova and um the starters like down the stretch of games does that put you in spots that you're not you know used to or you know the 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 reps aren't there i don't know but i think i just discussed, like how would you do that you, if you play brogdon and Del- like well you wouldn't start him i mean I'm, i don't think you no. can, you can't really start him but, but I'm, I'm saying, saying even if you try to get more of those minutes I, I i it just kind of throws a lot of stuff out of balance i feel like yeah i i agree but i think you know and again you're not going to like play the two of them the last like eight minutes of a game probably because it means that some you know brogdon's playing the last 15 or 16 minutes total um but can you overlap them for you know five minutes instead of maybe running jet longer or something like that you probably could um but i I think that's that's just one of those things right like even a guy like jet who's not shooting that that great on threes he can hit a three with a guy like close to him and brogdon like in delhi i don't really trust to do that um yeah so and i'm whatever i'm talking very anecdotally right now but i think you know if you guys watch the games you probably see similar stuff right those guys are not comfortable shooting off the dribble and they're they're open three-point shooters for the most part which is a valuable skill obviously it's a lot better than having you know mcw who teams don't respect and can't really punish you period from from three but um but yeah i think it's it'll be interesting to watch and maybe longer term um if the bucks to try to add another guard who can maybe give you more of that um you know shooting um combination maybe we see you know brogdon play more shooting guard and delhi become a backup at some point or something like that you know i mean there's there's at least some flexibility there i don't think delhi i don't like the idea of delhi playing shooting guard really and i'm not basing that on a lot of information but i think he's just physically um you know he's got short arms and um i i don't know if that's a a great option i think brogdon probably can do that more naturally since i mean he also was a shooting guard in, in college but um but we'll be interested to see what did um fun maker probably was that with the exception of that random appearance in the Toronto game, was this the maybe the earliest Thon Maker has appeared in a basketball game, like at the eight something mark of the fourth quarter? Maybe, maybe in that Sacramento or, or Indiana game he came in earlier, but this was a pretty. I don't even think he did. I think this was yeah. the earliest. Um, I, I, so I wanted to talk a little bit about Thon. Um, unless there's anything else you think non garbage time that was interesting about this game, but I didn't really find anything else. Um, so we're going to go to Thon. We don't have that much opportunity to talk about him, so we might as well do it tonight. Yes. I, I guess what I want to ask is my 
my time I have enough Bucks fans that I follow on Twitter that my timeline fills up with all caps Thon Thon time whatever whatever puns you want to use to be excited that Thon Maker's in the game. Those fill my timeline when he gets when he gets a chance. Are you excited when you get when you get to see Thon Maker? Because if I'm being completely honest, it does next to nothing for me. <laughs> and and like and like that that it doesn't mean that he's a bad player, that I don't I'm not excited about his future. Just Thon Maker this year, it doesn't really do anything for me. And and I know he's came in and he's had some highlight plays and tonight he had two blocks and he's done he's done things that are exciting. But I always feel like the excitement about him is somewhat ironic. Like people are like, "Oh, look at Thon Maker! This is like there's some novelty to it. Like, oh, look at Thon Maker and look at all this stuff he does. And he came in and embarrassed Birdman, and he he did this, he did that. And I don't like for me right now when I see Thon Maker come in, I don't get excited. And I'm curious, do you get excited when you see him come into the game? Uh, well, if he comes into the game in the context of a Bucks blowout, then I get excited. Um, because then it's sort of like the victory, victory cigar thing. Right. Um, and I, I will, I will say this. I mean, for, I, I think this year, um, to quote our good friend, Steve Von Horn, sometimes good medicine tastes bad. Uh, and I think, by that, I would mean in, in, in terms of fun, sometimes, you know, or, or not sometimes, but for the most part this season, he is going to have his struggles and his, you know, learning moments and his, you know, baby deer learning to walk, baby deer in headlights at times, uh, moments on the court when he's in games. Um, and especially tonight, it was interesting because he went out there and the calf, I mean, it was ironic that sort of Jason Kidd waved the white flag with eight minutes left and the Cavs ran, you know, LeBron and a bunch <laughs> of the starters another like four or five minutes. Um, so, and, and also, I mean, Thon's playing with Toledovich and Plumley, So it's a weird lineup in terms of, yeah, in terms of the size. And of course, you know, the thing that, the thing that really doesn't make me excited, Eric, is when you get the garbage time lineup with Thon and some of these young guys who, you know, you want to see something from. And then there's the inevitable Plumley post up that, like is just depressing um but uh but in terms of thon i mean yeah i mean you know if he comes into games where you're you know that aren't blowouts which we've only seen once i'm scared to death because i just don't think he's ready to to you know kind of meaningfully meaningfully contribute in a you know and 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 it's not to say that he can't make some plays but it's kind of and i'm violating a rule because I despise it when people make any comparisons between Giannis and Thon because I feel like they're mm-hmm. completely different basketball pl- Aside from their weird, you know, like non-traditional backgrounds of coming to the NBA um, and the fact that they're not from America and they're long, I feel like they should never be compared. Like I see these these random throwaway phrases from announcers sometimes or people saying like, oh, the Bucks think they have, you know, something similar in Thon to what they had when Giannis was. A, and it's like, shut the hell up. No, they don't. <laughs> If the Bucks think that yeah, that the current Thon is like you know on Giannis track, like give me a break, you know, like just that's stupid. Like Jan, Thon is clearly 
not as far ahead as even Giannis was when when Giannis was Correct. coming in, and Lord knows how old Don is, right, relative to what Giannis was when when he was a rookie. So, um, so yeah, I, I think it's it's tough, um, and there are going to be some awkward moments, and you just hope that he can come in and and make some plays and kind of show flashes of doing stuff and show confidence and and not being afraid of doing stuff, um, because that's you know ultimately that those are maybe those small little glimpses of things that, that may actually translate down the road, right? So the fact that he's not afraid to shoot threes and he's hit some threes as a rookie who's not playing at all, that makes me happy. You know, okay, I'm like, okay, yeah. Like we're not idiots for sitting around thinking that maybe Thon can be a stretch big man someday, right? Yeah. Um, he doesn't seem afraid of, of big moments, um, for better or worse. Doesn't seem afraid to shoot, um, you know, moves really well. Maybe obviously at this point over aggressive, but um, but obviously it was cool to see him come in and you know grab a couple of rebounds, block a couple of shots, you know, roll to the rim, get a get a wide open dunk. Um, and and how weird was it that that uh, were you shocked that Richard Jefferson? I mean, not that Thon was Thon sort of initiated the play where Richard Jefferson got ejected. Yeah, but it was funny that Thon kind of came away from that without. And he, he didn't even get called for a foul, right? Which was kind of funny. Like, I thought maybe double fouls or double technicals or something like that. But the fact that I think it was just RJ ejected and Thon shoots free throws. I was like, okay, like that seemed like a very strange call against a 15-year vet versus a, you know, never played any meaningful minutes rookie. Yeah, I I was definitely thinking it was going to be a, a double foul there and. I, like it, it was there was just confusion for a while and i just kind of assumed that it was going to be a double fall and then they're like oh no just a just a loose ball fall on richard jefferson and <laughs> that that didn't make a ton of sense and yeah like i can i can see why richard jefferson got a little upset there um i don't know it, it's it was i like that I like that when Richard Jefferson sort of so Thon basically locks him up and is like fouling him and then RJ like tries to body slam Thon and then like as Thon is going down he sort of like re-body slams Richard yeah. Jefferson. <laughs> uh, it was an enjoyable thing to watch in a blowout game in the fourth quarter. Yeah, uh, just like the two the two characters involved and uh, yeah, it was it was strange. Um and you know what? That speaks to this entire game. This was a strangeish game. Bucks lose one thirteen one oh two. I I will say after the basketball high that I was on last night and the amount of enjoyment I got out of last night's game, I think I got the exact opposite out of tonight's game. Um I didn't I did not enjoy enjoy much of this game at all um you seem to be a little bit more positive than i um but this well i mean they they were i mean for me it was just you know again they they go down early and then you know Giannis and jabari are the ones kind of leading you to to stay in the game right i think it was 74 71 in the third quarter and they were kind of going blow for blow and um you know not that the bucks were i think the bucks were the fast break points and what Giannis and jabari were doing was kind of obscuring maybe the fact that they weren't executing and moving the ball the way you would normally like to see them do. But, Mm -hmm. um, but you know, for me, it's all about like, you know, are your best players, um, you know, doing stuff, showing you that they're up for the moment 
and and keeping you in the game. And at least for a while, that was the case. But obviously, um, ultimately, the, the the Cavs' best players were were really good, and they had they had some help tonight. Which you know, ironically, we talked about without Kevin Love, without J.R. Smith. Um, would the Cavs bench be what you know gives the Bucks a chance to win? And instead, it was the opposite, right? The Bucks bench, which normally has been solid, um, I think they missed Michael Beasley tonight, especially with Toledovic playing poorly for the second straight night, not making any shots. Um, you know, when Beasley's out and Toledovic does not have a shot going, you really see that and you feel that on the bench. I would agree. That's going to be it for us. We we are we are done here. We are done talking about the Cavs for. I think a couple of weeks. I don't think they play the Bucks again until maybe January. I'd have to double check on that though. Um, but two nights in a row against the defending champs and the Bucks look pretty okay the first night and maybe not as good the second night. But there was there was moments. There was times where you thought things were going well. Um, that'll be it for us today on Locked On Bucks. We were brought to you by SeatGeek, and you can go to SeatGeek and use the promo code L-O-B-U-C-K-S. Again, that's L-O-B-U-C-K-S, and that'll get you a $20 rebate off your first uh, SeatGeek purchase. So you can go ahead and use that promo code today, or just go get tickets for Friday night's game against the Wizards. We will see you tomorrow. We'll preview Friday's game for you, and that'll be that. We'll talk to you later. For Frank Madden, I'm Eric Name. We're out. Is that the new iPhone? Yeah, got it on T-Mobile. Fastest iPhone deserves America's fastest LTE network. Introducing the amazing iPhone 8. It's the best iPhone yet, now on America's best unlimited network. For a limited time, save up to $300 on the amazing iPhone 8 after 24 monthly bill credits. And now join T-Mobile's iPhone upgrade program for free. Eligible trade-in and finance agreement required. If you cancel service, you may lose promo credits. Contact us for details. Video at 480p. Small fraction of users over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speed. See store for details.